Welcome back to the Buddy March Show. Time now to go to the hotline. They're calling for him out there, the dilly dilly world. Franz Beard, they want you, Franz Beard. Franz, Franz, Franz. Franz Beard of FightGators.com. How are you, Francis? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very, very well. I'm doing better than the Florida basketball team, which is going to be hurting until they get some get some of those big guys back. They're, they're, they're in real, real trouble on the inside until somebody comes in and, and comes through. Well, let's get that out of the way now and get right into the meat of recruiting because people are lined up here. I want to talk to you about some of the recruiting stuff. And I've been talking to some of our friends the last couple of days about it. I don't know that I could shed that much light because, let's be honest, how much light can be shed on something? This is such a tough place to dig out. It's all really hard to discern, but we'll give you our best shot. And, friends, uh, a friend of mine today who's a big Mike White fan and a big fan of the Gators said he's really going to reserve his judgment on whether Mike can close the game out. That's been one of the things that's bothered him about the, his coaching is he's let some wins get away from him, and we saw that happen on Saturday. And I watched that game with that in the back of my mind. I told my wife, I'm afraid this is one of those teams that Clemson is going to backdoor on. They led the whole time. You know, they had moments Kevon Allen suddenly appeared. We thought, well, okay, now he's back. You know, they got some good play out of a couple other guys here and there. But the bottom line was, in the end, they couldn't get the job done. What happened, friends? Well, for one thing, they can't defend anything on the inside. And Clemson just when Florida misses shots and Clemson knows they can go inside and score, that's kind of the way it happened there. And and that's what's happened with you look at what happened in the game with Loyola. Same thing. What happened with Florida State? Same thing. These guys are will they'll they'll stretch their defenses, they'll take that three ball away, knowing Florida can't score on the inside, and knowing when they get the ball on the other end of the court that if they can break the pressure of the guards, they can score at will on the inside. Clemson scored 36 points on the inside the other night. Chioza was brilliant for, for a little bit in there, too. And whenever his game is on, he's hard to beat. Uh, it's it's just a game that was winnable, that got away from them, that, as you say, Igbuno is badly needed. Those three big guys on the bench are badly needed. Gak has still got bad knees and really can't get down low, couldn't get that pass down that low. So we'll see what happens. The season, the real season hasn't started yet, but it's getting pretty close to time to go, and they need to get stepped up with it. Let's shift over to some recruiting, France, of obviously the, the thing that we're talking a lot about on our late-night shows, and and uh, we'll be hopefully tomorrow night talking with you and Justin and others about that. Uh, and people are asking a lot about what is going on. And Of course, I've heard a few things. I'll share a couple of things with you. That, again, I'm reluctant to put these things out there because there's an old-fashioned shoe leather guy who believes that you go get things and get them as facts and put them down You know, when you're sure about them. And when you got to do speculation, I get a little bit uneasy about that. But I'm hearing uh, from my people there's a good solid chance of Emory Jones. I don't uh, – this is not an expert. This is a guy who is in the know – who, who who really is just an everyday guy who claims that he has heard that Emory Jones may commit to Wednesday night and along with Trey Dean, they're going to do it together. I don't know if that's accurate or not. The other thing I heard was that Van Jefferson <clears throat> may announce his transfer destination to Florida. That comes from a pretty solid guy. You know him pretty well. Um, and then Noah Banks, the offensive lineman, may also uh, commit. 
I don't know any more about what's happened with Emory uh, Jones. I don't know anything about uh, Justin Fields other than what we all heard uh, about him being there on s- Saturday night. We had a bunch of reports about him having dinner with Bullen, but none of that can be verified. It's just what the word is on the street. What are you hearing, friends? Well, I, the, the one thing that I think is entirely possible is I think Emory Jones to Florida is entirely possible. Now, there's a lot of time. I, I know it's only two days, but early signing day is Wednesday. And it may not only seem like a day and a half until Wednesday when the, when the faxes start coming in, but it is an eternity in recruiting. And a lot of things can happen. He is committed to Ohio State. And you know as well as I do, there are very few people as persuasive as Urban Meyer. So you know that if he's committed to Ohio State, Urban wants him, and Urban isn't going to let him go easily. So it's going to be a question of, to me, okay, does Emory Jones look at Florida and see three quarterbacks there that he can beat out immediately? Or does he look at Ohio State and say, I can go up there and understudy um, Dwayne Haskins Jr. for the next two years? I think if he wants to play, he comes to Florida. I think if Urban convinces him that the best players sit and learn from the other, from the guys that have been there, then, you know, Ohio State's still in play. But it's going to be a battle of wills, and I think it's going to come down to where does he believe he has the best shot to play the Suns? And I think that will be Florida. Okay, that's one. Uh, what is your take on, um, uh, on in terms of uh, the overall class, the number of people who you think will be signed? Will they get the max? Uh, and do you think because Mullen has not had to coach a bowl game, he's had extra time on the road recruiting, and he certainly got his priorities in order. He went to right to see Justin Fields when he came here and not out to California to see Matty Corral for a reason. What do you read into all that? What do you, how do you think that's going? And how do you, how do you, without knowing any details, how do you think Mullen's doing on the recruiting trail right now? I think he's doing an outstanding job. Uh, there are some guys that he has kind of let uncommit themselves, or as they would say, decommit to go someplace else. Why? Because he's looking for guys that, A, want to be Gators, and, B, fit into what he wants to do. Uh, Dan Mullen doesn't do anything without a reason and a purpose and a plan behind it. One of the things that I've always liked about him is that that he's not just going to – for him, recruiting is a very pinpoint thing, and he learned that from Urban. He's not the kind of guy that that throws a bunch of – you know, throws a bunch of things up against the wall and hopes some of it will stick. Uh, he's got a, a full uh, a full plan in place for his guys. I do believe that he's going to come through with a top ten recruiting class. I think there are some guys that are ready to be flipped that he will. Uh, it may not be one of these powerhouse Wednesdays in the early signing period. It may not be that. He'll get some players, but it may not be that. But I believe that come February on the uh, on the normal National Signing Day, I believe Dan Mullen is going to come through, and Florida will have a top ten or better, you know, maybe even a top five or six 
recruiting class when all is said and done. These guys are working hard, and everything I'm hearing is there are a lot of guys that are not going to sign early, and one of the reasons they're not going to sign early is they want to come take visits to places like Florida. FriendsBeardFightingEaters.com. Let's talk about what reality is before we get into pure conjecture. You know, Emory Jones is, is conjecture. Uh, obviously, uh, Justin Fields is conjecture. There are a couple of quarterbacks sitting there on the roster that we shouldn't forget about. One of them is Felipe Franks. Another is maybe Malik Zaire if he gets an extra year. And, of course, we have others there, Trask, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think about what's in the house? Do you see any of those guys being embraced as a potential dual-threat guy? Uh, I don't want to forget uh, Tony also because some people think of him as a quarterback. I don't. I think he was a wildcat and a wide receiver, but we'll put Tony in that bunch. Do you see anything there? Because those guys are on the roster, and they'll be ready to go in the spring. And what kind of combination? Because those guys may end up being starting if they get a freshman, unless that's someone like Jones who looks like he can go in there and play. You know, at least the snaps for the uh, for, for, for 10, 12 plays like Tebow did. So it's a long question. Do you see anything there on the existing roster that might be able to be a, a, an asset, big enough asset for Mullen to make a difference at the quarterback position? Oh, absolutely. When you take a look at, the, you know, you just mentioned Kadarius Tony as a Wildcat guy. What was Tebow? Tebow was a Wildcat guy. For all practical purposes, he was a Wildcat guy when he came into the ball game. Everybody knew he was going to run the ball, and he occasionally threw it. And as the season progressed, he threw it more often. Now, you think about Kadarius Tony. You think about a guy named Dre Massey also. Would I be surprised if, if Mullen, for example, started Felipe Franks and then brings in he, these other two guys to be his running quarterbacks the way he used uh, Tebow with uh, Chris Leak in 2006? Wouldn't be the least bit surprised by that. I think that's on the table, and I think they're gearing up for it because – just as you just as you mentioned earlier when you were talking about about Emory Jones conjecture, okay? Dan's not going to be caught with his drawers down. He's got a you know there's not going to be a what if. It, it's going to be okay if this guy doesn't come. I got a plan in place. I'm not going to be caught by surprise. So I think they're already working on that new plan. What happens if these guys don't don't come? Well, okay, he's got his guys ready to go, and he's got a second plan that's ready to go that he's comfortable with. I don't see I don't see any kind of difficulty in this transition. And, you know, in 2006, buddy, that worked out pretty well, didn't it? It did, but, of course, we're talking about a guy with a body of a fullback and tight end, and, and Kadarius Tony looks like a toothpick by comparison. But he is a terrific athlete. And a guy, I think, a smart guy like Mullen can get the ball to. That's the thing about it I didn't think they did a good job on. Getting the ball, when I saw him in spring, I knew this guy's got to have five or six, seven touches a game. There's someone there that got the ball to Kadarius Tony, who I think can be a bona fide star. That's my opinion. He did get hurt, however. So uh, our friend Don Rutledge, well, our friend Don Rutledge, by the way, is watching and comments, we need an offensive line to protect whoever the quarterback is. And that's a good point, too. Well, I'll throw one other thing out about Tony and about, you know, you made that comparison to Tebow. Tebow was a between-the-tackles guy, and that's how they used him. Now, 
I think Dan Mullen's smart enough to take a guy like Tony and say, okay, his strength is to the outside. Use him on the outside. Uh, you know, you go to where your strengths are, and I think that's what, what they will do with him. Uh, same with Dre Massey. you got to remember, Dre Massey produced like 5,000 yards of total offense as a senior quarterback in South Carolina when he was in high school. Um, this is another guy. They don't. It's not that Florida is lacking weapons. It's the idea that that Mullen is may have to use his brain and find ways that are inventive to put the guys in the right situation. But he's done two quarterbacks before. He did it at Mississippi State with Chris Ralph and Tyler Russell. Tyler Russell couldn't run a lick. Chris Ralph was a pretty good runner who really couldn't throw more than about a 12- or 14-yard pass accurately. So Ralph threw short passes, ran the ball. When they wanted to throw the ball downfield, they brought in uh, Tyler Russell, and he threw it down the field. So Mullen knows how to do this. A couple more for fans, Beard, for letting go. <clears throat> uh, number one is that uh, we also get a lot of questions about Wyatt Rector. I know a little bit about him. I've talked to his dad a couple of times. Uh, Rector, I want you to do me a favor if you haven't seen it. I want you to go tonight on Huddle HUDL and go on Rector and see some of his videos. Now, granted, there's a couple of things you have to know. He's coming off a knee injury. He appears to be just fine. Number two, his ratio to interceptions to touchdowns has not been the best, but he's had a bunch of drop passes. His father said 86 this year. Uh, and the other thing is, is that he is a 23rd-ranked quarterback I, I, we all wonder why in a year when if they don't get Fields and don't get uh, 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 Jones, why wouldn't he turn to a kid down the road whose uncles, by the way, played? Remember the guy's name Pratt who played in Florida? Oh, yeah. Uh, they, that's his uncles. I remember, I, remember, I remember Bubba and, yeah. and his brother Jimbo. Right. And they were, the, they were his, his uncles. He play, His dad plays at Leesburg High School. He stayed at Leesburg High School. He could have gone to IMG. He's a six three and a half, six four guy who weighs two twenty eight. Uh, he and look, throws a nice ball. As far as I can tell, I don't. I've not seen him in live action against great competition. He looks to be the perfect Dan Mullen kind of guy. But again, I know if you're going to try to get Fields and guys like Jones, you're going to go with them first. Do me a favor, France. Take a look at him and see what you see. I I, I have looked at him, and I'll throw I'll throw one little thing in there for you, buddy. One little nugget. Mullen is going right now after the early enrollee guy, mm -hmm. okay? That's what he's doing. Now, once January hits, there's a whole new recruiting season that will start that will be open. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mullen can then look at a guy like Wyatt Rector, etc., like that and give him the proper attention that he deserves and needs. Mm -hmm. But don't expect him to to be going, you know, he's got to prioritize things because he had a short time to work on guys who might be early enrollees. No, no doubt. I agree with you on that. I agree with Mullen. I'm just saying if he gets down to that point, and some guy asked me if I'm a, if he's my nephew, I'm campaigning. I'm not campaigning for anybody. I just think the guys right here in the back door, and if they don't get the four and five stars, you got to turn to the threes, you know, at some point in time. And I don't claim to be a recruiting expert, but I think of the well, guy. he's going to take two quarterbacks this year, <laughs> absolutely. Anyway. And I think I think one of them is he's going to try to get in on the early enroll on the early enrollment, and mm -hmm. I think the other one that he's going to try to get he'll get after January. And yeah. so Wyatt Rector could could emphasis on the word could 
could still be very much in play. Yeah. But he's not going to be one of the guys that's uh, right. that is that he works on in the month of uh, December. Got you. All right, Francis. Any final thoughts before I let you go? Yeah, I, I think people who followed recruiting, I think they need to take one thing into consideration. Now that there's an early signing period, we essentially have two recruiting periods. One is for the early enrollees and the uh, and and early signees, and the other one is for the guys that are still out there. You know, uh, guys who haven't made up their mind yet. So. It's, it's essentially divided this into, I wouldn't say half, because you're not going to get half your guys typically during the early signing period. But I would say it's probably a 30, 70, or 40, 60 in how recruiting is going to be done now. Yeah. And it's, cha- it's changing the entire dynamic. Yeah, and is. this is why guys like Urban Meyer didn't want one. Yeah. You're right. France, good stuff as usual. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, all right?